Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, November 21st, 2021. Today's sermon, Give Thanks, a Thanksgiving message. If you'd like to follow along, go to gracebaptistchurchnc.org, click the sermons link at the top, and click today's manuscript. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. What a, what a good song. Um, just thinking about that particular song, um, what, what that song really is, it's, it's a prayer, is it not? That's what we're doing. And so that's, um, often our songs are not that way, but what a good song to be in, in some of the songs we sing, because it is a prayer, just looking forward to our time now as we think more about, about the Word um, this morning. Um, I normally would say turn in Hebrews, because we're going to be there in the coming days in chapter 3, but I'm going to veer off just to to think a little bit about Thanksgiving this week, um, as we as we give thanks this week as a as a country, and uh, so I want to just think about that. And so, before we do though, let's pray as we always do, and ask the Lord to to help us, um, even as we just prayed in in this song. But let's pray together again. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we Say, hallowed, holy is your name. Even as we sung in one of our songs this morning, our greatest thought is you. And we recognize that as we approach you in, in this prayer. Holy is your name. Sovereign you are. Lord of all the universe, creator sustainer of all things, and even as we have been reading through Hebrews, we know that the Lord Jesus, who is the exact imprint of your nature, He now sits at your right hand, the majesty on high, because after making purification for sins, after He suffered and died on the cross, He sits after he died and rose again now he sits at your right hand and so we come in Jesus name as Christians today father forgive us for our sins for they are many we look unto Christ who covered our sins as the wrath the judgment the righteous judgment and anger that should fall upon us now as Christians, as we look unto Christ, fell upon Him on the cross. So, Father, may He increase today. May we decrease. Father, in spite of me, I pray that You would work. I pray that Your, your Word would go forth as we think about thanksgiving. Help us today. We, we trust in You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This week, our country celebrates uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving. For non-Christians and Christians alike, we will meet together with our families and our friends to enjoy good company and good food, good time time off from work. And from one perspective, we remember all the blessings of God on our country and even the, the great prosperity that He has given us and the the, the long-lasting peace He has given us in this country. So we can say that generally, even with those 
citizens of this world that live in the United States. But for the Christian this morning, for us as Christians, thanksgiving means more than these things that I have just named. Our thanksgiving is directed to God from, all, from whom all blessings flow. So just thinking about thanksgiving this morning, with this in mind, I would, I'm going to deviate from Hebrews and we're going to reflect on thanksgiving. And I just want to answer three questions. And let me go ahead and say too that I have preached a version of this years ago um, so I doubt you would remember, but I've done this a few times on the occasion of Thanksgiving. And so this will end up being a little more personal, a little more pastoral. I will think about these things from an elder's perspective as we give thanks. But I have three questions. One, why do we give thanks? Why do we give thanks? Two, what are the things we give thanks for? We're going to spend most of our time there and then briefly at the end, how do we give thanks? And so, number one, why do we give thanks? In order to, to answer that question, we've got to go back to the very beginning. God created Adam and Eve, and though we do not see the word thanksgiving or giving of thanks there in those first chapters of the Bible, I believe they were a very thankful couple. I am sure, particularly Adam, after naming all of the animals, seeing that there was none like him, and what did God do? He brought the woman, put him to sleep from his rib, created the woman. And I imagined I, thankfulness was, was right up there, okay, with praise to God for Adam, for him, God giving Adam this beautiful companion. And then they together thanked God in the garden. And this is, I'm thinking about before sin came to them and to this world. And they knew that they were special. They knew that, uh, that God loved them greatly. They knew that God cared for them. As they looked around the Garden of Eden, you can only imagine the beauty of that place. And as they looked around the garden and they looked around the surrounding world, I'm sure that they, they gave thanks in their hearts to God as He took care of them. And such is the case generally speaking, to mankind in general. I believe the Bible teaches that eternity is written upon our hearts, and part of our makeup is the ability to give thanks, because even non-Christians give thanks. We all give thanks to something. What a beautiful gift. Have you ever thought about that? That giving thanks, the ability to give thanks, and what it does for us is a gift from God, and it's to all folks, all people. And there's something about saying, thank you, I give thanks, that brings some type of heartfelt satisfaction that feels, I mean, fills us with gratitude when things happen to us. Um, so at the most basic level, we owe this beautiful gift of thanksgiving, just the ability to do that, to God the one from whom all blessings flow down to us. So let's don't forget that this week. This just the ability and the, the, the beauty that it brings in our lives as we give thanks this week. So with this in mind, we find ourselves as Christians, though, or, well, just different from Adam and Eve, we find ourselves in a, in a different situation than Adam and Eve. And as people of faith in Christ, from one perspective, we have so much more 
to be thankful for than even Adam and Eve. And you might say, Pastor John, that certainly cannot be true. Adam and Eve had it great. They, before the fall, they didn't have sin. If, if you would look at my life and see my troubles and look at all the chaos that is going on in my life, you might not say this, but I would say if that's the only way that we see our lives, that you see your life in that way, then you miss the point. You see, we live after the fall, after sin entered the world. And before the fall, you know, there was no need for the goodness of God in showing mercy. There was no mercy. There was certainly grace. There was no need for mercy because they had not sinned against God. And so, before the fall, there was no need for this mercy. But today, in Christ, as Christians... We are the recipients of, of mercy. But God commanded His love towards us, and, and yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mercy is to say, you don't deserve it as a sinner. You don't deserve anything. You deserve death. We deserve punishment. We deserve the wrath of God. But God says, I will show you mercy. And if you read the Old Testament, you see it over and over again. Those with faith often said, we just fall down upon your mercy, God, because we can't bring anything to the table that would deserve anything else except for death and punishment because we have sinned against you, and therefore we need your mercy. So sin and death give rise to mercy, and this is the work of God in Christ. Do you guys remember last week? He is our faithful high priest. And he is our merciful high priest. That's so much we could say there. But the foundation of our thanksgiving is God himself as he displays who he is, what he has done, both before the fall and now after the fall in Christ. So that's, that's our first question. Second question. What do we give thanks for this morning? What are the specifics? Now, I'm going to begin with one big blessing before we get to some specifics, some specifics in a moment. But the big blessing, when I looked through the Old Testament particularly, and I saw what people gave thanks for, what do you think it is in the Old Testament? It's interesting. Um, when we think about that, Paul says in the New Testament that faith and hope will pass away, but not what? Love. Did you know that the giving of thanks for the steadfast love of God is where we see giving of thanks the most in the Old Testament? Now, there are other things, that, of course, that everyone gave thanks for, but I was overwhelmed with how many times Israel gave thanks for God's steadfast love. I counted 194 times. So they're giving thanks for that word, steadfast love. And it's one word in the Hebrew, and it is complex, but boy, it encompasses a lot. But they were thankful for God's steadfast love. Psalm 106 is very common. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. 
you would, turn to Psalm 136 with me for a moment. Here in this Psalm 136, we see a picture of who God is and what He has done in the life of His people. Let me read some of these words. And as I do, notice how the psalmist begins with God, which is our first truth. Why do we give thanks? We give thanks because it is God who created us, and God has given us that ability. But we begin with God, who He is. And then, when we, when we give thanks, we move to what He's done for us. So, verses 1 to 5 of Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. For His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. For His steadfast love endures forever. To Him alone does great wonders. For His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who by understanding He made the heavens. For His steadfast love endures forever. So here the focus is God. And that is our focus this morning. To give thanks for His steadfast love. But next, if we move down to verse 10, the psalmist says it is the steadfast love of God that delivered Israel from Egypt. Verses 10 to 12. So now he moves, he says, okay, this is you God, and we give thanks, but here, this is what you've done in our lives. So verse 10, to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then finally, at the end of the psalm, the psalmist says, God's steadfast love is the why, that, why he does not forsake them. Look at verses 23 and 24. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state. For his steadfast love endures forever. And he rescued us from our foes. For his steadfast love endures forever. So let me ask. You don't need to turn back there for the rest of the sermon. But you can keep it there if you want to. But let me ask. When we move to the New Testament. How many times do we see the word steadfast love? Now, I may not have done enough research, and I may just be using one translation, but at least with the ESV, any guesses on how many times we see the word steadfast love in the New Testament? If it's used 194 times in the Old Testament in the ESV, but not once is it used in the New Testament. Why do you think this is so? If it's so important, and by the way, it is so important even in the New Testament. But why do you think we don't see the word? I, I believe I know the answer and I think we all know the answer. When I realized this in looking through this sermon and studying, I realized <laughs> that when you look to the Old Testament and you look at His steadfast love, we see lots of things. Those folks, they felt His love by the Spirit. They knew that He loved them because of the things that we just read in Psalm 136. He pursued them. He cared for them. He was long-suffering with them. He protected them. He did not forget them. And those are all the things that show that God loved Israel. 
even while they were yet sinners. Well, let me ask this, little parentheses. How do you know someone loves you? How does Kristen know that I love her? Wives, how do you know your husbands love you? And husbands, why do you love your, why do your, how do you know your wives love you? Children, how do you know your parents love you? What's well, because of what we do concerning me and Kristen? She knows I love her because of a lot of the things that I do for her. Um, and then it's not just bringing her flowers, saying these flowers are because I love you, but it's I'm going to help you around the house. I want to, I want to, help you in every way that I can in your infirmities in your in, in the, the way you're made up I want to do so many physical things and I, I think we all know what that looks like from husbands and wives and, and children and so we know that she knows I love her because of the things I do and I say it well Israel knew that God loved them because of the things that we just read God did those things for them now, we still think back to them. That's all they had, though. They had the acts, great acts of power. They had the sacrificial system that God had given them. They had the law. <laughs> they think about the sacrifices year after year after year and the death of those animals <laughs> as they looked to that system. But the fulfillment of the steadfast love of the Lord was yet to Come And so we see it all those times in the Old Testament. So why do you think we don't see the word steadfast love and giving thanks in the New Testament? Because when we get to the New Testament, we see the complete fulfillment of God's steadfast love. How? Who are we? We are Christians. Today, Christ, His person, His work is the steadfast love of God. From last week, He is the faithful and merciful high priest, <laughs> very clearly. And we've seen the fulfillment of the steadfast love of God in Christ. And so what we have in Christ is fullness. Yes, we give thanks for all the works of God. But when we think of God's steadfast love, we really can look no further than Christ. And this is the gospel. This is why... I believe we don't see the word steadfast love in the New Testament or together with giving thanks in the New Testament. Everything, every bit of who God is, every single work is found in Christ. So if you want to see the steadfast love of God, what do you do? What do we do? We look unto Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We saw that last week. It's 1 John 4.10. Romans 5.8. But God shows His love towards us, and while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the steadfast love of God to send the Son. This is why He did not come down from the cross until He could say, it is finished, and He breathed His last. 
This is the steadfast love of God. It is the gospel of Christ. So we don't have to look forward to see the steadfast love of God as they did in the Old Testament. The greatest act of steadfast love is the sending of the Son, particularly the cross. So today, as Christians, we give thanks for Christ, who is the steadfast love of God. And so here, we must begin as Christians when we give thanks. Every thought, every word, every ounce of thanksgiving that goes to God flows through the person and work of Christ by the Spirit, who is the image of the invisible God. So, with that in mind, I want us to consider some things from the New Testament that we give thanks for. I'm just going to read some verses. Romans 11, 7, excuse me, Revelation 11, 17. We give thanks for the great power of God. We give thanks to you, O Lord, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to rule. Boy, I think of Christ disarming the authorities and the powers on the cross as the veil was rendered from corner to corner in two and the great power of the gospel of Christ as he died on the cross and how it has effect over death and sin. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. We, yes, we will die, but we will not die eternally and we will not be separated from Christ. So we give thanks for his great power and just power to live a Christian life in this world. So we give thanks for that as well today. We give thanks to God for His work of salvation in His people's lives. 1 Corinthians 1.4 I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Here, Paul is just giving thanks for what God has done in the salvation of his brothers and sisters. Let me ask, when we sit here week after week, and we, we all know one another, those who are members here at Grace, do you give thanks to God in your prayers for the person's salvation sitting beside you? We should often do that. Another thing in the New Testament, we give thanks when God answers our prayers. Every time God answers our prayers, brothers and sisters, is an occasion for us to give thanks to God and then to voice that in our home groups and in our conversations throughout the week. 2 Corinthians 1.11 You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted to us through the prayers of many. Another thing, Ephesians 1.16, we give thanks as we pray for one another. Ephesians 1.16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I mean, even the Bible speaks in the Old Testament, says we sin if we do not pray for our brothers and sisters. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. A number of verses like this in the New Testament. Another thing, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 
We give thanks for the will of God in our lives at all times. This, this even means difficult times. I give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We give thanks. I read that, that even during the difficult times in life, we give thanks for those times. Because God gives and God takes away and God's in control of all. Romans 16, 4. We give thanks for acts of kindness. Romans 16, 4. Who risk their necks for my life. Paul says there's, there's many that risk their neck. They risk their life for my life. To whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. So as Paul was about to be killed numerous times, other Christians would come in and bring him things to prison and work with him and associate with him, putting, risking their own lives. Paul give thank, gives thanks for. So should we through acts of kindness. We give thanks to God also in how He is working in the lives of our brothers and sisters. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 We ought always to give thanks to, to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for, for one another is increasing. So sh we should be giving thanks to God for how God is working in our brothers' and sisters' lives. And how what the, the godly growth that we see in our sanctification. When I see something in Kristen's life, or she sees something in my life, or I see something as an elder in one of your lives, and you see something in my life, we should pray and give thanks that, God, you are working. After all, if God did not work in us to will and to do His good pleasure, where would we be? We give thanks to God who works in us. So these are some of the things in the New Testament. There's others, but those are the main ones that I have seen. With this in mind, I want to just spend a few more minutes this morning with some specifics within our own congregation that we, and I think I represent the elders when I give thanks. So I, I say I'm doing this only on my own, but I don't think the elders would mind one bit that, that, that these things as your elders we give thanks for. And then together we give thanks for some of these things. So here are just some of them. We, get, we are very thankful that, that so many of you serve the body in so many ways without getting repaid with, with, with money and with funds. I mean, just home group leaders do a lot, a lot more than we can think or know. Sunday school teachers, even though we only do it half a year, a little more than half a year or about a half a year, do so much. I mean, just... The little things that people do. I know, just, just, I know during COVID we haven't been able to, to do it as, as much, but just all those years, I don't know how much money Miss Gunther and Anita and Scott and little Kenzie spent on all of that. Thank you. That's, that's a big deal. Little things like that. I mean, just those who play the instruments, those who sing, you know, just Caleb and McCamey or Tommy, whoever is up here playing or singing or leading I mean, we just have no idea i mean just all these years um you know greg and pam have handled after andy left the church have has handled that and just jumped up and took care of that and others of you joined in from here and there and now caleb is is overseeing that but so many of you doing that we get we give thanks i mean just 
I, I don't think we realize how much effort goes into week after week for, for the Harrisons, particularly Pam, to get that coffee and uh, to take care of it. That's a big deal. And I, I don't know how many people say thanks, but this is a good time for us as a body to say thanks. To just, I know you think that's not a big deal, but yeah, 14 years, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a, that's a big deal, um, and it takes a lot of effort. We're, we're, we're very thankful through the years for our deacons and, and our deacons' wives. You guys, a lot of times we've failed by not telling you everything that, that they do, but how, many, how much effort goes into just events and, and funerals and weddings and then meals? And I know a lot of you bring meals. A lot of us bring meals. That's another thing we can give thanks for. But just the deacons and what they do in, the, in some of their meetings and in finances. I, I, I don't know if I've ever said thank you to Michael. You guys really don't realize what all he does physically to take checks. The Blaine does it too from the elders' perspective. But as far as meeting with the person who does our finance and, and, and the deacons being, doing our budget. and There's lots of things. But Michael, thank you very much. All those years. And he, you, don't hear, you probably don't hear a word. But it's, it's a lot of hours, okay? It's not just, he spends a minute a week. It is a, it, it, there's a lot of effort that goes into those things. And so we give thanks to our deacons and their deacons' wives. There's a lot more little things that folks do that we don't realize that I'm sure I'm missing. But as elders, we're thankful to our church who gives so that we might take mission trips. We haven't done that in the past couple years because of covid so, Lord willing, we're going to be able to take one or two coming up this next year. And so, we give thanks. And, and here we sit in this building, this why, how many years now? As we set up, and as we tear down. But, doing that has allowed us to spend more money on missions than churches our size by long shot. Not just, I don't say that to boast because we should never boast. And we've got plenty more that the, the Lord has given us that we can spend. But we're grateful. We are very grateful. Even this morning, just speaking, this is an example. I mean, Caleb and, and, and Caitlin are not in here. They're in the nursery, I think. But just, they're like, Pastor John, we're just really, Josiah's really testing us right now. We just, we need prayer. We need prayer. We need wisdom. But they want to raise their kids in godliness. So do we all. Some of us have raised kids, but there's still many of us that are raising kids. We are grateful because really as our families go, so goes our church. So thank you. Thank you. And this is an encouragement for us all together to continue doing this. We're, 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 we're thankful, again, for those who do meals. I think that's one of the biggest ways that we serve because we don't, we, we really tried through the years, and we are. We're not a church that meets at a building and does programs at a building. So, in order us, for it to be, us to be the church, we've tried to do things through the years like bringing meals, like meeting in homes in our home groups. That's another thing. Thank you for opening your home to let folks come and meet. There's, it just goes on and on. But there's so many things that we need to give thanks for. And we give thanks as elders that we are like this. It follows here. We give thanks for our simplicity. Other churches and pastors can't understand how we don't have committees. Can you believe we have not had a committee for 13 and a half years? What do you, what do you think about that, Ben? 
I don't know why I'm picking on Ben. I have no idea. But what do you think about that, deacons and elders? We, I'm not, we don't say committees are bad, but we've made it to be very simple. And I'll admit, from an elder's perspective, sometimes admin falls through the cracks. That's a confession. Thank you for putting up with that to be who we are as a church. And there's a lot of things that we hope to change about the way we do things in the coming days, but not to change this, that we are simple. I am thankful. I think our elders are thankful as a whole because when you come here on Sunday morning and you come to Sunday school and you go to home groups, we together, when we come here, we expect to hear the truth of God given to us. That is a desire, and that comes by the Spirit. If you're sitting here this morning and you see that over time you really don't desire to hear truth and it affect you and it change you as you leave this place, I would say maybe the Spirit is not there and you're not a Christian. But we give thanks for, for, the, for generally speaking, what we see is you're coming and saying, I want to hear the Word. I'm very grateful this year. There's, there's eight guys. Um, I could name them all, but myself and, and, and I think seven or eight other guys we're meeting at uh, Justin's house Monday night. Is Justin back there somewhere? You know we're coming, Jennifer? Okay. We're coming tomorrow night, but we're meeting together for just for eight months. We're reading good books. We're praying. We're memorizing Scripture. And I'm grateful. But the thing is, that's happening outside where there are older married folks that are, that are meeting with with younger married, there are older ladies that are meeting with younger ladies, and younger ladies meeting with younger ladies, and young folks getting, those kinds of things um, are really what we're after, and we give thanks for all of those things. Um, I think from the elders, just generally speaking, thank you for trusting us. I hope we've earned that. Thank you for loving us. Um, we're, we're thankful that you really care for us. Um, we're thankful that you, <clears throat> that you have confident, confidence in us as, as your shepherds. We, we've not always led you, um, I'm sure as we should in, in little things, but hopefully on the big things, we've led to greener pastures um, through the preaching and teaching of the Word and through prayer. We're thankful that you hold us accountable. We're thankful... Um, that uh, you, you supported us as, as a church to have a plurality of elders, knowing that, yes, I'm the one that gets monetary. Um, uh, you, you guys take care of us as a family. And I do most of the preaching and, the, and, the, and, and most of the, the, the funerals and, and weddings and other things and, and thinking that way, but we see that as beneficial. But our other five elders are also elders, they're also pastors. They're also shepherds. And in that way, we have the exact same authority. Praise the Lord that you guys have allowed us and, and supported that all these years. Um, and so many churches are not so blessed. Um, I think personally, um, I must th say thank you also to, to the elders um, for looking after me and having my back for sure. Um, I, I could not, I don't know, I, I don't want to say I could not, be a pastor, the only pastor at a church, maybe if it were tiny, but I don't know how I would be a pastor without other pastors with me through all of these years. So I, I give thanks to, to the elders. Um, I could mention 
thousands of other things. But at the end of the day, praise God, right, from our first point, through whom all blessings flow. We're at a different place than every other church out there, but it is who we are. God raises up, God brings down. This is our lot, and we are going to continue in it as long as God gives. So, with that in mind, those are the things we give thanks. There's the why we give thanks. Those are the things we give thanks for. And now, in closing, how do we give thanks? Well, just a couple quick things. Paul says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is a characteristic of the people of God. We are, how often are we thankful? According to that verse. Now and then tonight, we, no, we are thankful always. We cannot help it because the Spirit of God works in us. If, again, you are not a thankful person and these truths do not resound with your heart, I would, I would ask you to, to search your heart. And no, just think, am I just coming to church just because even children, young people, just because my parents tell me? Well, yes, you are coming because they tell you and you have no other choice. But what do we want as parents to our kids? We want their hearts. God is concerned with our hearts. So where's your heart when you come to church? It should be the same for young and old in both together. And that, anyway, that's a little parenthesis. But we give thanks always as a people. For God is good. His steadfast love in Christ is always flowing down to us by the Spirit. And not only do we do it always, we do it with a grateful heart from that same verse. It's one thing to say thank you, but it's another to be grateful when you say thank you. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. This is really key. The heart. God's children have a heart that flows down. Thankfulness flows down from the throne of God and with gratefulness. It is who we are. So we have so much to be thankful for. So remember these things. Think about these things. As you go to your families this week, be thankful as a Christian because it, it will lead us to be able to have good conversations with others about the gospel of Christ. In our, as we're sitting eating, and, and, and as we go into our families, there's going to be Christians, and there's going to be non-Christians, and we're going to be together. Use this as an occasion, the occasion of thankfulness to God as an opportunity to be bold in our witness. So with that in mind, let's, let's close our time out this morning, and let's pray together. Thank you. Father of heaven and, and earth, we give thanks. Thank you for your steadfast love endures forever. And we see that and we know that in Christ for who he is and what he has done. On the cross and his resurrection, he's now seated at your right hand. So Father, we are very, very thankful. I pray these words would help us this morning as we go our ways. And may we truly be thankful for all the blessings you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove. You can also join us at the South Row Inn YMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.